This is Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Whether it's men's, women's, under-21s or under-18s, we'll discuss it every week. On this episode, I'm joined by the former Wolves defender slash striker slash wherever he was asked to play, Stephen Ward, and the Wolves women captain, Anna Price. We'll also feature an exclusive interview with the former Wolves midfielder, Kevin McDonald. So stand by for Stephen Ward reliving that famous Anfield winner. But first, our guests discuss Friday night's draw at Fulham. A one-all draw uh, at Fulham on Friday night. Before the game, I think most people would have taken a point. But were we left a bit frustrated that we didn't get all three? Yeah, I think watching it, I was. I think um completely agree. Um, before the game, they're on a good run of form. They're having a fantastic season. Going away from home, you'd probably, yeah, I, I think before the game kicked off, you'd probably, you'd probably have taken a point. But I think on the evidence of that first half, it was very frustrating that Wolves didn't go in maybe two or three goals up. And listen, the Premier League's a tough league, and that there was always going to be a reaction from Fulham. And I thought it was a bit more even second half. Um, obviously, they've scored a bit of a goal out of nothing, but a bit of a, you know, something that you can't really legislate for in terms of defensive-wise. It's a, it's a great strike. But, yeah, a little bit frustrated. I thought they deserved more than, than the point, if I'm being honest. Anna, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, definitely. I was, I was lucky enough to go, actually, on Friday with it being half-term. So, I think for, first half was fantastic, wasn't it? We had a, you know, a lot of the ball played well. And uh, we're kicking our way second half. So, I was hoping for, you know, some goals in the the away end but unfortunately like you say you know Fulham it was a bit more even wasn't it and unfortunately it was just a point in the end but like you said you know you'd have took a point going into it easily you know it's a tough game isn't it they're they're doing well as well this season Fulham so yeah on reflection really positive that we got the point but I think got a bit carried away first half and hope that you know the second half we go on and really get you know get that second but yeah it was a lot lot more even Wardy, what do you think? Uh, how big a loss do you think Mateus Cunha was going off in that second half? Because he had a slightly different role on Friday to what we've seen from him previously. And I think, you know, a lot of people have kind of thought that playing as a 10 or offer, you know, maybe in the one of the wide type roles would better suit him. He was having a good game, wasn't he, up until that point? Yeah. And I think the manager touched on it. I think it was a bit of a turning point, wasn't it? Um, I thought it was quite a brave team selection in terms of himself and Raul in the team uh, gave gave Wolves real impetus going forward I thought just having more bodies up the pitch um, and yeah I, I, listen I think it was it was unfortunate and going off and probably changed the dynamic of the game a little bit they scored not so soon after I think it was and yeah listen I, I, I think the, the frustrating thing is when you dominate a game so much in the first half that you only commit one goal up and I think there was there was you know ample chances to maybe not so much clear cut chances, but I think they got into the great areas where that final final pass, final decision was just 
little bit of luck, little bit of fortune, maybe they go they go in two, three and a look. But yeah, it, it was definitely a turning point. And, and as I say, hopefully, you know, they don't lose him for too long because I think he, he looks a real player, looks someone that can really link to play and, and bring people into play. But you know, the thing that really impressed me was um, it was really fun to watch, right? Because you had Sarabia, Cunha, Jimenez, uh, even Mateus Nunez. They were they were all interlinking. There was one-touch stuff. I mean, that's what we've been desperate to see for quite a while. Yeah, I think for me, the, the, I suppose the biggest carrot you can give the manager was, was the sort of role of Mateus Nunez and sort of playing on that left, but sort of, inverted and, and they couldn't really deal with his position and where he was receiving the ball and listen he's, he's a I've, I've been down a few times and watched him and he looks a real talent and I think on Friday night he was just getting into real good pockets receiving the ball making things happen and yeah listen I think he got his team selection bang on unfortunately Cooney had to go off and like I said it did change the dynamic a little bit gave Fulham a little bit of impetus but in, in the Premier League you're never going to dominate a game for 90 minutes and I think there was always going to be a reaction. Fulham have had a great season, albeit they're missing Mitrovic, who's probably you know, the focal point for them. But I thought in the hole, they defended really well. Didn't didn't allow them too many chances. I think Vinicius had a had a first half, but it was a comfortable save from Sandy end. But um, yeah, listen, I, I thought it was a real brave selection. And I think it was a real, you know, the first half was back to sort of the walls that we knew from sort of six, eight months ago, really on the front foot, lots of pace. Um, you, you know, some really good interlink play going forward. And yeah, listen, I think on the whole, you, before the game, you'd say away to Fulham, the way they're playing, you take the point. But on reflection, when you look at the game, it's, it's it's probably two points that you think have just got away. I love the way you say, like, comfortable save for Sar at the end. And it didn't feel like that in the stadium, didn't it? Did it? No, no, I meant, I, meant, I meant the one in the first half, not the one in the oh, end. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because the. the, the, the when they were coming out, we had that header first half. That, that was comfortable. Yeah, the one at the end, the end was a bit of a nail biter, but the one in the first half was comfortable for a goalie of his calibre. Yeah, yeah, that, that save second half was unbelievable, wasn't it? Right at the end, like that. Yeah, it's the element of um, I said to Tomo on a, on the match day coverage, Anna, that um, in a strange way. Dan Bentley might be one of the signings of the January window because having that kind of senior second goalkeeper to push Jose Sarr, yeah. his performances the last couple of weeks, we've really seen that kind of consistency that we saw in the first half yeah. of, his, of his first season last year. Probably the lack of competition, potentially, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. He went through a period where wasn't playing to the levels that we've, we've seen him playing and more inconsistent. But I think recently you can't question his his performance in goal, you know, and I think that was mimicked in, in that save on on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, my heart was in my mouth. It was horrible, but yeah, fantastic. So yeah, great, great, great point away from home. Reflecting on it now, and I mean that's nothing against Matias Sharkic, who's a really good young goalkeeper. It's just you know goalkeepers are a union, aren't they? And there are always a number at the club, and they need to be kind of pushing each other. Everyone needs to feel that kind of heat on them to to keep their place a little bit um talk to me Wardy about uh Raul Jimenez's cushioned header because I don't feel like it's got enough credit for the way he just puts that perfectly back to Sarabia to score yeah it's perfect isn't it and he's a very clever player isn't he you've seen him do it over the years since he's been at Wolves he's he thinks about everything he does and I think at that time Listen, the, the easy option is just to head it back across goal, isn't it? And hope someone gets a touch. But you, you knew from when he'd done it, he's trying to pick him out. 
I thought I actually thought his touch had got away from him a little bit, and then actually when, when you look at the back, he's just set it up nice. It's it's a great finish. I think he's a great signing. I think he's brought a lot of energy, a lot of experience. He's obviously been in and around massive clubs, and um, you know it was great to see him score on Friday night. And listen, it's exciting times again at Wolves. No disrespect to the last manager, but I think the new manager comes in. He looks like he's he's galvanised the squad. He's got a real passion. Um, you know, you can tell already. I think I think it was after the maybe the Everton game early on when he was down in front of the fans. You could see how much he wanted to succeed in England. Um, and I, and I think it's exactly what they needed at that time. Like I said, I, I, no disrespect to the last manager, done a, done a great job there. But whether it's that sort of new manager bounce or just different ideas, different tactics that he wants to use in the training pitch, but he seems to be really getting the best out of the players. And I think over the, you know, even the game. Saturday was a disappointing result at home to Bournemouth, but you know from what I've seen, they still dominated the game, and, and and it's probably a result that, on current form, they're really disappointed with. But to back that up to come away and put a performance in like they did Friday on sort of a quick turnaround within the week is is a credit to the players and and, and the managers obviously getting the best out of a lot of the lads since he's come in. And Anna, um, how lovely was it to see Hugo Bueno get the TV man of the match? I mean, as a as an inspiration to players coming through in the academy at the moment, Definitely. the way he's taken to the first team is unreal. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic, on particularly second half actually, when um, you know um, obviously Fulham booked, you know it was a lot more even. But I thought he had a fantastic second half. Thought first half there was a lot, lots of players on there, on there that were performing to the top level. But I thought he he deserved that man of the match. He was my man of the match anyway. Thought he was fantastic and. Yeah, you know, it's inspiring for the youngsters coming through through the academy to see a player like that. You know, he's took his opportunity and and you know, he, he shows why he should be in there week in, week out. Yeah, there's a freshness about him, isn't there? I think yeah. first half, I think you're seen as attacking attribute to talk on forward. He was exciting, you know, every time he got to the byline. And, and there's probably one thing that, in a weird way, I've gone to watch Wolves quite a lot over the last few years. and Probably one thing they lacked was in that final third, someone that wants to cross the ball. Yeah. You know, I think Jimenez sometimes looks frustrated when he's in the box and we maybe, you know, we come out and recycle through midfield. I think he, he's very direct. He, you know, he's got that step over in the locker, locker, wants to get by a player, whip a ball in. He's got great delivery. But for me, I thought the second half of Childers, you know, the defensive responsibility that he's capable of. And when Fulham did get on top, he was still the one trying to drive Wolves forward, getting them up the pitch. And yeah, listen, they totally deserves man of the match. And it's obviously a credit to the Wolves Academy and players coming through that, you know, he's gone in and performed so well. The weekend saw another impressive 6-0 victory for Dan McNamara's Wolves women away at Loughborough Lightning. Captain Anna Price has been telling me the title race is really hotting up. Yeah, a bit different to last year, to be honest. Um, I think towards the end of the season, it was a lot, a lot more in our hands, as you as you witnessed. Where this year, it, it looks like it's going to go all the way, and um, still a lot of games left. But yeah, it, it's very tight at the top. What's been the difference this year? Because from the outside, um, and I, I admit I haven't seen as many games as I would have liked to this season. You've still been kind of steamrolling a lot of teams. Yeah, I think the standard of the well, standard of the whole league's improving year on year, so that's been a difference. Um, but I'd say the standard of the of the top teams, um, including ourselves as well, um, it, it it it's been more difficult. You know, games have been harder; they've been tighter. 
um, you know, points that we've dropped have not necessarily been against like Nottingham Forest that we've beaten twice. It's it's been against you know Stoke the other night, filed, um, who are you know eighth, ninth in the table. So. You know, I think, like I said, that the league is getting stronger. You know, you've seen it, women's football's growing. So, you know, season on season, it is going to get harder. And a lot of teams are now investing money in there. So, like the likes of Burnley, Nottingham Forest, they're, they're able to pay players, um, which is obviously attracting better players to those clubs as well. So, yeah, it's just tighter. Lots of factors, really. Is there, I was going to say, obviously, for people who don't know, Nottingham Forest, the only team who are above you, um, but the only games that they've lost this year were against yourselves. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's a funny position to be in, in terms of you look at the fixtures remaining and kind of go, you need somebody else to beat them yeah. for you. We've got They've got Burnley to play. Um, Burnley are currently second because we've got a game in hand. Um, so if we do win our game hand, we'd go joint with Burnley. So they have got Burnley left to play. So, you know, Burnley are a strong side. Uh, we lost to Burnley. We've got them to play as well. Um, so, you know, it is still open. We are still, you know, we've got to just look after ourselves and make sure that we're getting points on the board. Um, but, you know, they have, Forest will come across to opponents. It, it is a very open league. Like, witnessed the other night against Stoke, we dropped points. Um, Fylde, we dropped points. So, you know, we, we've got to just focus on ourselves and, and see if Forest can continue with their you know like you said they've won every game bar when they've played against us or drawn um so yeah so yeah it's uh it's a bit different to last season but you know we're, we're positive we're working hard and you know anything can happen I think there's still nine games to go so um yeah so we'll see see how it goes in a strange way is it quite nice to be the team chasing for once because you've spent quite a number of years being the side at the top for everybody else to chase. Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of pressure on us the last few seasons, particularly before we got promoted into this division when we're in the tier four, where, you know, we really did need to get out of that division. So there was a lot of pressure every game to make sure that we won. Um, last season was special, you know, first season in that league. Um, didn't necessarily feel the pressure really until, I guess, the tail end of the season where we actually thought it's realistic that we might actually win the league where last season it was a little bit of a free hit. We, we just got promoted, but we, you know, we ground out results, we stuck together and it, and it just kind of happened last season where, you know, this season, yeah, it, it is nice, obviously not being under pressure, but you want to be at the top. I'd be lying if I was sat in saying I want to be top of the league um, in Knox Forest position, but, you know, pressure is of being at the top is um, is hard at times, and you know we've been that that team like last season and this season. Um, so yeah, we've we've just got to hope that Forest slip up, and well, the main concern is that we keep picking up points because you know it's not a given that we're going to win all our our final games, etc. So yeah, there's still a bit of time left um, for us to for us to claw it back. I'm hoping. And the latest result, a another resounding win at Loughborough. Yeah, it was good today. Um, bounced back after Wednesday night. You know, played Stoke two 0 up at half time. Comfortable, real, you know, confident performance. And then second half, just can't really tell you what happened on on Wednesday night. Um, fair play to Stoke, and they got back into it two two. So that 
that knocked us, you know, knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit because we, you know, if we'd have won that on Wednesday night, we would be right behind Forest. Um, but, you know, we still got a draw, still got a point, And then going out today and uh, getting those three points, six nil, lots of goals, six different scorers, um, clean sheet against, you know, Loughborough have been, have been doing well there. They've had some new players come in. They've, you know, they, it was tight against Derby, 2-1. You know, they took Burnley right to the to the end to one. So we, we knew it wasn't going to be easy today. But yeah, it, it was good. It was a real professional performance and everyone played their bit. Girls coming off the bench, etc. as well, really made a difference. So yeah, it's nice feeling tonight rather than how we felt Wednesday. You mentioned the six different scorers. Um yeah. it, it for again from the outside, that kind of says that there is quality all around the squad, that you're not reliant. We all know what the likes of Amber Hughes and Maz Gauntlet can do in yeah. those forward areas. But getting someone like Destiny Toussaint back fit and consistently Definitely. now uh, contributing and then across the whole... I mean, the defenders popping up. I know it's Katie Johnson, Adam Morfitt with a yeah. penalty. Like, that helps all around. Yeah, definitely. You know, Amber Hughes is an unbelievable player and she's injured at the moment. And that's been a real big loss for us um, like the last two seasons. You know, she's incredible. But it's meant other people have got to step up. Maz Gauntlet's injured at the moment. You know, we're playing without our two two main strikers. Um, yeah, so it's been um, it's been great for other other people to get on the score sheet. We've had to find different ways of of scoring goals. You know, Jay Cross has been incredible this season. Um, she's been coming up with goals. Destiny, as you said, she's always a threat. But you know, like like you've mentioned, the likes of KJ, Anamorphic. Um, we, we're dangerous on set pieces so like Amy Dickens scored up a set piece today um, so yeah it, it's been it's been nice actually to actually get some different scores on the score scoring sheet but you know we are massively missing Amber as you would and, and Maz because they're great players and they are key to the squad but yeah it's been great that other players have stepped up and H as well H has been you know fantastic she scored again today she scored on Wednesday night so yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, that's Helen Dermody, for Helen, people yeah, who Helen, don't yeah. always know the nicknames, because it gets Sorry, confusing. Because, yeah. well, it, I say it always gets confusing whenever we do the coverage, because you are eternally known as Perksy to many people. Yeah, yeah, Perksy. And yet uh, Anna Price is the, the proper way. It doesn't way. really add up, does it? <laughs> um, just one final one before we uh, move on. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, the next game, Watford, yeah. um, there are some real special memories oh, of the the FA Cup run, COVID affected. Um, I think there was probably what three of us, four of us down there, like oh, me, man. the cameraman, and uh, then Jenny and her husband, uh, the chairwoman. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was such a special game and such a special run that you were on to face them again in the cup next is it's going to be something. Yeah, it would bring back a lot of memories, actually. Like you say, turning up that that afternoon and didn't have a changing room because of COVID. We had to come change on the coach after travelling down from Watford and then they gave us this little area to warm up in because we weren't allowed. You know, it was just mental that day. And then to do what we did and and, and beat them when they were in the league above. And I think it was 4-1 that day, wasn't it? And it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, I think when we go back there, there's going to be lots of... Lots of happy memories to go back to and wanting to do it again, really. You know, I don't want to go down there and 
not replicate what we did and it's going to be tough they're they're a good side they're second in the southern prem so equivalent to us we're in the north and they're in the south so yeah it's going to be difficult but I think they've lost today 1-0 to Ipswich so you know that's um you know they might want to bounce back next week and they'll be up for it because obviously the winners get to the final of the of the um of the league cup so yeah it's going to be a special day and hopefully we'll come out with the with the uh, the win, that's what I'm hoping anyway. You're listening to the all new Wolves Weekly with me, Mikey Burrows. One of the things that we want to bring you is exclusive interviews with former players. This week, I've been speaking to a man who played for both Wolves and Fulham in Kevin McDonald for his, shall we say, unique take on life, both at Wolves and since. And we start by talking about his former teammate at Fulham, Mario Lamina. Obviously, Mario was in at Fulham and done a good job. Nice guy, nice character, good, you know, nice guy. And as he brings something different, you've always got the quality already of Neves and Moutinho that's always been there. So, one of the things about Mario that's kind of stood out to people, I think, in his first couple of performances is we knew he'd obviously be combative and athletic and get involved, but he's looked really at home, like the Liverpool 3 0 win, just kind of sitting. In midfield and being able to to spray passes and and you know have that extra element to his game. No, he he's got that. I think like when when we signed him as well, I think there was a a question of would he fit into the style of of play. But I remember we trained with him for the first few days and we were like, he's not like in, in nowhere in no world does he class as a, as a rat or anything like that at all. He's 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 technically technically very gifted, um, and and he can get around the pitch well. He, you know he, he likes to. He likes to get involved in a battle, which obviously a lot of people don't. So you know he's got it all. Mario's got it all, and as I say, he's he's, he's someone who's there. He's willing to work hard, and you know we've seen that. He picked up a couple of unfortunate injuries at times, but when he was playing and when he was when he was at it and when he was fully fit, he's a you know, he's a top top player. And there's oh, there's a reason why Will signed him, you know, and, and there's a reason why Phil signed him in the first place as well. When you look at teams now and stuff, do you compare them to the team that you played in, like whether it's Fulham, whether it's Burnley, whether it's Wolves? I think that's different in terms like as a Fulham team, you you can relate more to it because obviously, you know, you can relate more to it because obviously we played in the Premier League, we played in the chain of championship at that at that level. With Wolves, I can relate more to a team of Wolves where it's like a like a Cav, Neves, like who else in that team, Willie Bowley, and all that group, Connor Cody. Like I can relate more to that one as such. But now when they're bringing in people from all over the gaff, like so I mean, there's players that like. Signing for 40, 50 million stuff. It's, imagine me and Pricey. Imagine like them like looking at me and Pricey thinking, who the f*** are these two? <laughs> so, to, to going for a drink down uh, Pricey's local boozer. Yeah, but this is like this is one of the beautiful things about football because, you know, like people can have that debate down the pub about like who would work and, you know, things. And I think a lot of people would look at, at the way you played the game and kind of go, you would like really fit in well to, yeah, to the Wolves I, of the Premier I, League Yeah, I, I look at that side of things. I, I, I look at that side for sure because obviously it's different. I'm 34 years old and I'm happy to be where I'm kind of at in that now. I don't probably, kind of kidney side, I probably don't really want to, sounds terrible actually, but like probably don't want to like overexert myself and try and push to play at the top, top, top level as such. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, I, I come here, I work, I work my balls off. But I still like look back and think like, like Nevis, for example, playing in, in the Premier Weekend Week Out, like when we played against him, was good players. But there was times when we played against them and they couldn't get close to you. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember we played we played Wolves at, at, at your place one time. We got slapped, like, and I thought 
me. And then we came back at home and like we battered them. It was like, do you know what I mean? Like things like that. But it's like, but I don't even think back to Burnley to be honest. Because at Burnley I was on a stag do, so I wasn't. I'm not really asked about that. Yeah, I was just on a three year stag do in the end, so it was. I, I can't. I can't really revert to that to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah. <laughs> When people like talk about, say, how you played the game in terms of one of the over thing, overriding things that I always remember about your play is just how comfortable you were receiving the ball in certain situations with with players around you, and like, and and I just think like, imagine if you got to play alongside uh, a someone like Jean Martino, who's just uh, yeah. so good at winning it and just giving it short. Or to be able, like you and Ruben Neves, that passing range would be unreal. Yeah, be a madness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, things like that, things like that are good. Like I, I like the like things like that. And people obviously move to different clubs at different times and stuff, and it and it just works. Do you know what I mean? I know for a fact, like that, like you could, if I'd be going on any sort of football team with, especially now with like kind of like a bit of legs now around you, you can you can do what you want. Like it's, I think like what you, as you said, like. Uh, like Ruben there, like it's just passing and, and, and like whatever it's lovely it is, isn't it? Like so I mean I, I like that. And obviously like Matinho's Matinho's just I'm I'm just I'm I'm baffled at how he's still actually going to be completely honest with you. How old how old is he now? Thirty six. Thirty six years old, like playing Prem week in, week out with an unbelievable career, like fair play, man. Like But this is the thing, right? This is what'll get you. So he's thirty six, but if you count all his international caps on top of it. In his career, he's on 934 appearances. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, in footballing terms, that's what, as, at least 40, if not more, yeah, in and that's like, games played? And that's like a good level. That's not like some scuddy teams as well. Like That's like a good level, like his whole... Is he a nice, is he a nice guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell people the story. When he first arrived... You know, obviously you've been through it, right? When at the start of the season, um, Sky Sports and BT and everyone come and you have to do that walk-ups and they do the camera Straight. around your face and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they'd done that in the morning and he was there doing his medical. And so they kind of said, right, um, everybody kind of will let you do it for Jean Martino. He's not officially signed, so don't spoil it, blah, blah, blah. But he'll come over and do it now, save having to come back another time. And you can imagine in the academy dressing rooms, so it was yeah, all yeah. done in the dome at Compton, academy dressing rooms, there is kit everywhere, right? It's strewn, home kit, away kit, all the all the players that have been in there, it's everywhere. So he goes in, obviously does the home kit, does the away kit, and I'm chatting to him at the end. And he's talking about how like his kids learn English when they're at school in Monaco, and he learned it with them. So he's already got really good English and stuff. And he walks out of the room, says his goodbyes, walks out. Yeah. The, ki- the kit that he wore was neatly piled, folded up and neatly piled on the bench. All the other kits still on the floor. Launched. His, yeah. like, neatly done. And it was that element of, like, you know, the standards that he set for himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you could see, like, yeah, yeah, that's good, the yeah. level of who he is. Yeah, and that's, like, a respect as well, isn't it? It's like, right, okay, I've done this, you know, fair play. Yeah, and I, I don't mind that. But that Polina at, at Portugal is, like, a proper nice guy as well, like, really nice. All the staff and I say the same about him, like he's a genuine nice person. I wonder like what it's like within the squads that you played in, like the balance of characters. You can't have everybody being nice, right? I wouldn't say there's that many that actually are nice to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, if I'm being like if I'm being blunt, like I can't think of many where I would say like, Oh, he's a nice person. Like I met two at Fulham, Max Lamarchand, Dennis Ladoy, nice people. Like a genuine nice people. Dave Edwards, another nice person. 
like other than that, like I can't not not off the top of my head. I can't think of someone say, "Oh, he's a nice lad." He is. Do you know what I mean? Like they're good. They're good people. They're, they're, they are. They obviously everyone's nice. They're all nice. But I mean, like yeah. in a football world, they're just like just, like just like really nice people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like um like everyone's obviously good like good people that you know like respect and all that. But when it comes to a dressing room, like not as much not as much now as much. It's it's every man for themselves, isn't it? It's like. Well, the, that's the thing, because the difference is that if if you play Jean Martinio at table tennis, head tennis, tech ball, by all yeah, accounts, yeah. he is the most competitive person. Oh, is he? And, you know, he will he will not give an inch in any yeah. of those things. Yeah, so that's probably just the way he is, obviously, as a person, isn't it? That's good, though. I don't know, I guess, fair play to him, man. But now, yeah, there's different, different dress rooms, different cards, doesn't it? Have you always been the the kind of one for uh, I hate the word banter, but you know what I mean, like the kind of morale and stuff in around the dressing room. I, I you know, I, I like I think to myself like every single day, especially probably even more so now as 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 times went on. And how I'm thirty four, I'll never know. Even when I was young, I was the same. As a young kid, I was always the same. I always like loved being amongst it, mischievous, if, if you want to call it that. Or I like to go and have a laugh because the way I see it, is at the end of the day, you're, as I say, I'm thirty four years old now. Probably a couple of years of a bit of a tough time through obviously what's happening and stuff. But even pre that, it was never in my mind, it was never in my mind of, oh, well, football can finish at any time soon. Let's say go and enjoy myself. I was just like, you know what, you're in such a privileged position every single day in life, literally, that you go in there and whatever's happening on the outside world or whatever stresses or whatever positive, negative, what you've got going on in your life, you go into football with a group of 20 lads that, being honest, you're probably going to a team, you're probably keeping in touch with probably four of them each team. You'll never see them again in your life, but what a set of memories you can create! Like every single day, like every single day, it was from it was from banter, walking under your slips to hammering the chef at lunch to whatever it may be. Do you know what I mean? Like launching a bar of soap with someone's head in the shower, like just and then obviously you know what I mean. Like and then obviously talking outside of football, going out for meals, team days out, you know, Christmas parties, all these things. Like when when you're forty years old and you're retired and you're sat at home with your, with your family and your kids and stuff, it's you look back at them times. I'm not. I'm not going to look back and say, oh, "I remember that time when I scored it for 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 Wolves and won six four against Rotherham." Like I'm not going to be looking back at that. I'm going to look back at times. They're great times, of course, but I'm going to look back at what's it like. That's obviously classes of memory, isn't it? Like, yeah, the football inside is always going to be an unbelievable memory, and that's like that training every single day, whatever it is. You're in such a good position, like to be just do what you want, to be who you want. If you, you know, what I mean, if you, like, football's a bit of a the way I see it is, but probably people maybe think the opposite, but I think see it's a bit of a you're free, isn't it? Like you, you, you're playing football for a living. It's do you, you're good. You're doing something that you're naturally good at, and it's like, yeah, like go and enjoy yourself. And I've always been that way. Well, that's the thing I was going to say because people will be listening to this and thinking that this is kind of a a thing that came from your kidney issues and and everything that you've been through. But, but I, mm. I've known you a long time, and I, no. you, you're basically the same as then as you are now. Like people who expected that to have been a big life changing thing, and I, I don't know. Obviously, it's it's been yeah. a major part, but it doesn't seem like it's changed your outlook on life. No, no I think if anything, it's probably it's probably made me realize even more so the fact is like you're especially doing it with my brother and stuff. It's like, well, he done something something like that, and you know, obviously thankful. Obviously, we're we're here, and you know, everything's all good, and you know, it continues to stay that way. But at the end of the day, there's people who go into these surgeries and don't come out. There's people who go into these surgeries and and then struggle afterwards. Like I, I've, always, I've I've mentally mentally found it hard at times, but I've always managed to put a positive spin on it because at the end of the day, now I'm back playing football. It's like, well, you've done all them that hard graft, you've done that in isolation, these type of things for four months to get to this point. 
like never in a million years beforehand was like you know I knew I was always going to get when I was at Wolves I knew I was going to get a kidney transplant I knew all along it was coming but it didn't make me think oh I best go and enjoy it I best do this I best do that I just lived each day the same as you do the same as we David in the stands does like it's just it is what it is and I've only ever known this way of myself and it's never going to change that way I mean I probably should do it at some point but it's not going to happen like it's I'm 34 years old now like I always remember away at Preston uh, you scored like a 93rd yeah, yeah. equaliser, top corner, like 25 yards out. Unbelievable curling effort. You just signed a new contract a couple of days before. And you did, you think like you've kind of come out like absolutely like buzzing, like when you were just like, ah, oh, yeah, here's what it is. And it was like, well, it is, though, isn't it? Like, uh, I've always, again, I've always seen it that way of like, uh, it is what it is. Like, well, I remember the game because I remember like we, I remember we battered them and I think we drew two each. So, in my eyes in that game, I've scored a lovely goal. We've drew to each. I've not been able to celebrate with Wolves fans who are, you know, yourself a good set of fans. Like, I've not even been able to go and celebrate with them. Like, yeah, signing a contract, great. Equalised last minute. Like, it's to each way to press and they were Like, it's still, you're still disappointed regardless of your scoring. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. But no, I think, like, people get so caught up in football and these days especially, like, people get so you know, with all like kind of mental health side of things and stuff like, and there's a lot of footballers who go through that side of things, but I'm so blessed, so fortunate to be one of the ones who doesn't really matter as such. I care more than anyone on football pitch for sure, 100%. But once that game's done, once that even in a game where you miss a chance or a, a few bad passes or you're once that game's done, it's done, isn't it? You're never going to get that back. But no matter what you try and think of, you know, matter you go home and poison your brain in the evening, like, I don't know. I'm not having any. I'm not having food. Not having a drink. Not doing this. Not doing that. Oh, no, no, like, you know what I mean? It's, it spirals out of control. Things like that. Does you go next week? It's the same. The next week, you're like, do you know what I mean? It's it's dangerous. But uh, without wishing to turn this into a full psychiatry type thing, like I I do <laughs> think sometimes, like I I don't know whether you kind of realise the the impact that you've had on places where you've played and the people that you've played with and the people that you've played in front because you're part of that group that people will look back on and go you helped save the club right after and i know you don't probably feel like that but mm-hmm. having having seen them go through back-to-back relegations yeah we've seen teams like sunderland and others who yeah yeah go down and stay down and stay down yeah. time and what you and those other guys did in those couple of years paved the way there wouldn't be it wouldn't have been a takeover and there wouldn't be the yeah. success without you guys no it's but, true I, I i get that yeah and i know you're relaxed about it all and you, you probably mm-hmm. don't take and you're modest and you don't take that kind of glory but i didn't know whether whether that ever does cross your mind as the part that you've played in the history of I, I don't think i understand obviously what the, what the point where you're coming from i think my biggest frustration my whole time out of worlds was the fact is that we absolutely slapped up league one after starting not the best I think we finished on our record points or whatever else like that. But I remember we were kind of a bit iffy. I remember when I signed the fans that were kind of a bit on the edge at times. Like, and I was obviously we were comfortable. We were, we were always going to build, like, get better and better as time went on. And we, in the end, we absolutely like ran away with the league and stuff. My biggest regret of all of it was the fact that we went next year to the playoffs, pretty much to the playoffs. And I think I can't remember which game it was at home. I think it was like an Ipswich or some some team like that who were, again, one of the greatest. And we drew at home and that kind of cost our our playoff push and I think like at that time that was as I say maybe we've laid a foundation as you said from people who appreciate us like that, that are at the club now or, or, or and fans and stuff like that absolutely that's great 
But I think in that time, we knew as a group, if we get into this playoffs, we're getting promoted. That's just that. Like that was the way we we seen it. We said we we had meetings. We had you know we had a good team bonding session at that time. Like you know we were we were on a good path to doing what what we all wanted to do. We knew we were so close, and I remember that result. There was no booze of that, but you could sense there was right. That's probably missed us out here. And in the year after that, obviously, I played a good few games, and then you know ultimately, obviously, I was then going to leave the club and. And that was that, but no, like I think as as I say, like going down to League One, I think we recruited well at that year. Like Big Kenny brought in good players, understanding of not of that league as such, but yeah, and that, yeah, and of that league, but brought in a a, a, a core of players and a, and a good squad who are going to be able to do decent things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's my biggest regret is that we didn't actually go to the playoffs and get promoted at that time. I mean, it's probably worked out better in the long run, but at that time we would have had a good good chance. We would have been confident of going getting promoted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Dicko Afobi Sacco is, is a is an unreal was an unreal trio was to be able to I, play passes to. Imagine playing defence against them boys. I, <laughs> I've never pulled out a game in my entire life. If I seen I was going to play against them today, like I'd be like sack this man. But uh, yeah, they were they were unbelievable. They were. That was Kevin McDonald on Wolves Weekly. Don't go anywhere because next Stephen Ward previews Liverpool. TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app. The under-21s had a brilliant result, actually, on Friday night when the first team were drawing with Fulham. Uh, James Collins' team came from 2-0 down against Man United. Uh, Kidderminster, Pedro Neto played the first 45 minutes as he continues his comeback from injury. But it was Tyler Roberts and Owen Farmer who got the goals. Um, Stephen Ward, no matter what the level you're playing at, if you can show a bit of character to come back in a game, especially against a big-name side, like Man U, that's, yeah. that's good for development, right? Yeah, brilliant. And actually, um, Kevin Foley was there, so I spoke to him after the game and he said, um, yeah, it's a great, great result, I think. Um, like you said, the, the, the academies, I know loads of people with kids in that have been there to watch games. My son plays in the academy against Wolves and it's a fantastic academy, fantastic setup. And I think, you look over the years now, I think, you know, Wolves is really based now around players breaking breaking through to the first team or going off and having, you know, what's really important, I think, about Wolves' academy. Look at Morgan Gibbs' wife, for example, come through the academy, played in the first team. He's going off. He's, you know, they set people up to have good careers. And I think, yeah, listen, I think to come back against Man United, it's, a, it's unbelievable character. But I think it's all about development and the way... You know, Wolves seems to be set up. I've, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people within the club. It's it's not only developing people for their first team, but making sure they develop people to go off and give them the best chance to have a good career in the game. And uh, listen, there's there's been loads of, of instances, loads of examples of it. So yeah, no, listen, I, I think the academy's in a great place at the minute and, and doing really well. Because it's an interesting scenario that they've had, isn't it? In that um, the under 18s got their first win in six, I think, at the weekend. They beat Sunderland 1 0. Um, 
But of course, they've been in a situation where a number of their best players have made the step up to the 21s. And the 21s are not really 21, are they? They're not 19, 18, sometimes even younger. Yeah, and yeah. so you get this kind of thing where you look at results and results maybe don't look the best. But in terms of a player's development, I mean, I don't know how you would have preferred to have been pushed when when you were at that age. No, listen, I think it's <clears throat> there's, an, there's an important balance, I think, and I speak about it to people all the time in academies and I've been in and around them. My, my son's in an academy at the minute and I, I know lots of people whose who's kids are in it. I speak to a lot of academy managers just, you know, doing my own sort of research in it. And, and there is a fine balance between development and, and actually getting results. And listen, you, 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 in the long run, you have to breed players to know how to win games. Just this, you'll know yourself, Mike, you just loads of different ways to win a football game. But I think at that level, for me, it's the, the, a lot of it is about character building. And, and, and like you said, that result, the other night against Man United, example, for the 21s, to come back from 2-0 down against a big club at home, that, that'll probably do more for their development than going and winning the game maybe 2-0. Um, that sets them up for sort of the, the rigours of, of first-team football. And like you said, it's, it's getting younger nowadays. I think it's officially down as, as under-21 or under-23 team. But, you know, you, you go watch a game, it's 17, 18-year-olds. And, and like I said, the 18s may, may not have won for, you know, six, seven games. But the majority of their better players are probably now with the, the 21 stroke 23. So, yeah, listen, for me, it's there's a fine balance. I think a lot of academies do it well. You know, there is a development phase where, you know, you want to see development all the time, probably up to 18s. And then, yeah, of course, listen, Everyone wants to win games. You have to breed players to know how to win games because if a player gets put into a first team, he needs to know how to win a game. If it's five minutes to go, game management, what he needs to do. But, you know, there's still young footballers learning the trade. And that's what I always say to people. It's not going to go smoothly all the way. And, and, and they still need to have that. They still need to lose games. And, and that's, that's a big thing. They need to know how to react from a loss. They need to know how to come back from a game. They need to know how to win a game two or three nil. So it's a fine balance, but I think, you know, from what I've seen from Wolves, they, they, they do it perfectly. And listen, results breed confidence, breed players. But as long as the academy, and they'll know themselves within the academy, they're seeing development of players. And, um, you know, players, I think in a way where they have to be exposed to the rigours of, of what first team football is. So it can't just be playing sailing all the time where they're winning every week and they're playing, you know, fantastic football. There has to be setbacks. There has to be, character building and, and, and I think that's what an academy is all about and I think that like I've said about the likes of Morgan Gibbs-White you know players from my era the Danny Bats who've come through the academy Dominic Iorfas who've gone on to have really good careers you know even after the time at Wolves that, that's what they're trying to build characters men people that when they do either break into the first team or they do go somewhere else that they're built to, to go and have a career in the game Let's talk Liverpool um, Pleasant memories uh, we will yeah, always yeah. we will always bring it up until yeah. we win there again in the league. Yeah, yeah, no, great memories. But listen, great memories of the week when we turned them over three 0 at home. So, um, no, yeah, listen, always special memories for me. I always, funny enough, I always keep an eye out on when Wolves go there, see that they get results, see that they get a win. Always hoping they do well. But um, yeah, listen, great memories for me, great times and. You know, I suppose it's strange. I think I spoke to you about it before. You only probably look back at those moments and, and memories of your career when you do retire. And, you know, still something that I remember fondly and, and, and still probably get remembered more than that for. Can you, can you believe that it's like 13 years this year? 
No, it's crazy. It's crazy. I was only speaking to Falls about it the other day. We were talking about, um, we were actually in the car on the way to Bracken. We were talking about a couple of staff members that we had that he bumped into. And we were, you know, that were at Wolves at the time we were there. And it, it seems that long ago. It's, it's, it's Sometimes it's a blur because I obviously had Burnley in between that for six years. And, and, and actually, when you retire, you sort of remember, the memories start flowing back. I think when you're playing, it's just sort of, you're concentrating on season, next game, next season, you know, it's game after game. And, you know, we had a good conversation about people that we worked with, where they are now and what they're doing. So, yeah, no, listen, it's, it, it seems a long time ago, but when I think about it, it seems only like yesterday. It's, it's really strange. Um, we've been there quite a few times and yeah. been unlucky in that time. You mentioned, though, the result a couple of weeks ago. Does that have an effect, do you think, coming into this one? I mean, we know Liverpool are in quite in different form yeah, yeah. at the minute. And will they look at Wolves differently, knowing that Wolves gave them a real turning over a month or so ago? Yeah, they did. And, and I think, for me, it's listen, it's always a tough place to go and they can switch it on at any stage and be, you know, you've seen glimpses of it in the last couple of weeks back to, to where they are and then they might lose their form again. But, no, listen, I think it's huge. I think... Anytime you play one of the big four at home, it's 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 a massive occasion because you know to give your fans that result and I think it was huge for the new manager. I think you know it was a real sort of obviously they went they had to win out they had to win at Everton and, and and he came in there was a real positive attitude and then to to turn over a team like Liverpool as convincingly as they did I thought it was a really really strong performance throughout the ninety minutes. You know maybe could have even won by more the way Wolves played on the day so. Yeah, listen, they'll, they'll have no fear going there now. You know, they'll, they'll believe they can get a result regardless of it being at Anfield, just just purely from the result a couple of weeks ago. I know, you know, we've played them, we probably we seem to get them every year in the cup at the minute. Um, but yeah, we've played them in the cup a few times, turned them over and, you know, had a, had a bit of bad luck in the cup. But listen, that result is going to give the wonders for the team. And I think the way Wolves are playing at the minute, there's a real... Seems to be real confidence in them. I think even, you know, I look back at the Southampton game and they know they're under pressure and they're down there, but they got into 10 men and showed that character. And, you know, second half in that game, they only looked like one winner for me. You know, it only looked like Wolves could win. And that just shows where the team is mentally at the minute. I think the signings have been good. The, the, the players that have come in in January and, um, you know, the squad's gone from strength to strength. So, yeah, not, nothing to fear. And I, I'd absolutely, I'd have absolutely no worries. The Wolves going there and hopefully get the result. Because it's Liverpool Wednesday, yeah. Spurs on Saturday. Yeah. Um, it, it's the funny thing about football, isn't it? If they'd have lost to Liverpool at home a couple of weeks ago, like many people would have predicted on their betting coupons and all sorts of stuff, and then when at Southampton beaten Bournemouth, got a point at Fulham, then suddenly everyone says we're on this run and and this is a completely free hit. Because they lost to Bournemouth, the attitude is slightly different because it, you know you had that little dip and that little blip. So do they look at these two games and go, we've got a points total we need to get out of these two? Do they look at them as a, a complete free hit and we're not expected to get anything against two established big teams? How do you approach it? I think you just approach it as next game. I think, like you said, it's, it's a strange and probably... A couple of weeks back, people would have ex wouldn't have expected Wolves to turn Liverpool over the way they did at Molyneux. And likewise, I think everyone, um, you know, we were playing at three o'clock at the same time. And when I came in, I was surprised that Bournemouth had turned Wolves over at home. So it's the beauty of the Premier League, isn't it? And I think, 
in a strange way, you never know where your points are going to come from. On paper, it looks like two difficult fixtures, but, uh, you know, I just think Wolves are playing with a real confidence and aura at the minute. And, and like I said, to go to Fulham on Friday and play the way they did, especially the first half, first sort of 10 minutes of the second half, and come away disappointed, I think that shows where the team is at the minute. You know, you, you rewind that back probably four or five weeks, you, you probably would have thought they were expecting results, but to come away from Fulham, you know, disappointed with a with a point the way they're playing, the way their season's going. You just take every. I, I think the team's in such confidence at the minute, playing good football. I think the manager's picking the right team. He seems to get be getting the best out of the sort of stronger players. So yeah, for me, listen, tough games, but there's no reason why they can't go and get a result. And the, the way they Wolves always have a big result in them, and we've seen that over the years since I've been in the Premier League. That you know. A lot of their big, a lot of their big results have come against big teams. They they seem to sometimes falter against the teams in and around them. So, yeah, nothing to fear. And you know, two games to go with confidence the way they're playing at the minute. Thanks for listening to the all new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media, and all the very latest is at Wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.